Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Men podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Men podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Max Monroe. Yes, we do. Max Monroe is a writing team, and um, they of Max and Monroe, and uh, they. It was such a great interview. Real, they're hilarious. Their books are hilarious, and uh, it was a fun interview. Yeah, so they do romantic comedy, and we talked mm-hmm. to them about what how they co-write together, and they're both mm-hmm. discovery writers. Mm-hmm. So we talked about how they work their process of kind of writing into the dark, I guess is another way to call it mm-hmm. and another way of term for it. And then we talked to them about some other stuff too, like um, building their newsletter, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with negative reviews. Yes. And, yes. Um, oh, and one thing, another thing that's interesting was why the quantity of books is critical to long-term success mm-hmm. because they talked about like, if you only have one book versus, you know, a stable mm-hmm. of books, it mm-hmm. makes a difference in how you can handle Yes. And plan things for your business. So it was very interesting. Yeah. And another thing, this is our 80th episode. Did you realize that? Oh my gosh, no, I didn't. We don't ever, we don't, <laughs> we never mention it. We never mention that, but 80th, that's so great. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. So great. I saw that and I was like, oh yeah, I got to mention that. So, oh, that's, so that's coming up. But what have you yeah. been doing this week? Uh, working on this book and I, it goes to, I'm sending it to the editor tomorrow. So today's Friday, the 23rd. I'm sending it tomorrow. And, um, but I did take a little break to go to the beach with my mom and sisters, but I worked on it then. And y'all, the worst thing happened. Um, I, they went out to the beach. I stayed in to write. And it's my least favorite. I was writing, you know, some steamy scenes or a steamy scene. And then I wrote a little bit of a different thing and the computer died, but I back up pretty regularly, but for whatever reason, I, I lost all of that. Oh no. So I had to stay in another hour. Try to rec- Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, it was an hour trying to find it. I yeah. did everything. I was on YouTube. I was, I did everything. It's gone. So that was um, pretty depressing, but I rallied and I got it done. So yeah, the book's going out to the editors, you know, so congratulations. That's good. Thank you. I'm I'm excited and I'm thrilled that today is, uh, begins the second season of Ted Lasso. So if you have not watched Ted Lasso on Apple TV, the first season, you can watch it. And then the second season starts today. And again, I'm just because I've watched it, I watched it again with my sisters and my mom, that's who I went to the beach with. And the writing in that book show is so good. Like I saw things this, that was the third time I'd watched it. <laughs> and I saw things in that show that I had lost. I, I mean, I had not seen the last um, two times before. It's just so good. Just really, really good. The, the, one character in there, she's the owner of the soccer team. And I mean, every time you can just see the con them building conflict upon conflict upon conflict on her. And every time she thinks she's going to do the right thing, 
then some outside force comes in, usually our ex-husband, uh-huh. and <laughs> ups that ups the ante on things. And yeah, it's just so good. So anyway, I can't wait to watch it. Well, that is cool. That yeah. is good. Yeah. How about you? Uh, well, I actually was able to get back to writing this week. Yay. I was so happy. It feels so good. So there's something to be said for taking a break, even yes. if it was longer than you intended it, it to be. Right. But um, so I'm going to get back to fiction writing, but I'm finishing up my mystery books podcast and recording season two. And so okay. I'm talking about some of the, um, the foreign um, language edition, mystery shows, TV shows I've been watching. And they're just like that. Like you're talking about, um, I rewatched one of them because I was going to talk about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it was like the amount of like layering of themes and, mm-hmm. you know, how they, and visually, I like like when you watch it the second time or the third time, that's when you pick up on like, there's the two characters that they're very opposite. And I was like, Oh, look at that. She's always dressed in like bright colors and frilly things or velvets. And he's dressed like in black and white, or if he's, or if they're in colors, they're mm-hmm. in opposites. Like he's blue oh, and she's okay. red. And it was just like things like that. that oh, that's first, so busy, you know, you're yeah. just catching up on it. So, so yeah, I've enjoyed that. The other thing is I, um, listen to a podcast and let me bring it up. So Sasha Black interviewed Helen Schur. And if that's not pronounced correctly, I apologize on the last mm-hmm. name, but Helen um, had mentioned us in a um, Instagram video. I think that she did gave us a little shout out. So if you're Helen. listening, Helen, thank you for that. Yes. And this was a really good interview and um, she's releases one book a year. And she talked about how she releases her books and what she does in between to keep her readers engaged and I had a little light bulb moment when I was listening to it because she was talking about she did prequels mm-hmm. in between to keep her readers interested. Oh, and she wow. was saying that she did like she would take a character that people were interested in and she would write kind of like a, a thing to kind of explain why they are the way they are. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought of like short stories. I think it's because I write mystery. I was like, well, mm-hmm. if I do anything, it's got to have, you know, the clues and the red herrings and the suspects and the resolution and all that. And it was like I went, you know if they're interested in the story, if I give them a little like vignette that explains why this person is this way, Mm -hmm. that could be just as satisfying as, you know, a complete like mystery short story. And so that was light bulb moment for me. So that was cool. Yeah, Yeah. that is great. Well, I'll have to listen to it because, you know, I need those things with me only putting the book out of here. So, um, that, that's interesting. I don't do that, but, um, you know, there are, you do have to work harder to keep reading. Yeah. Even if you don't, even if you release sooner than a book a year, even mm-hmm. a book every six months or five months, you really got to keep that reader engagement going. Yeah. So and, but she talked about, you know, how like you like to do really big launches and she does mm-hmm. the same, but she has a different type of launch than I think that you've yeah. done. And, but she used some of the same techniques, but um, anyway, so it was very interesting just to yeah. listen to it and how, her strategy and tactics that she's used. Very, very smart. Very good. Very good. I'll I'll tune in to that. Well, let's get on with the interview because Max Monroe, those girls are hilarious and they've got some really great things to share. Yes. So here we go. Well, today we're really excited to have the writing team of Max Monroe with us. Hi, Max and hi, Monroe. How are y'all doing? Good. How are you? We're so (laughs) excited you're here. I've been waiting for this interview for a couple of months now, so I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> We're excited to be here. Yeah. Well, let me read your bio, and then we'll get into the questions. 
Max Monroe is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of more than 30 contemporary romance titles. Favorite writing partners and longtime friends, Max Monroe strive to live and write all the fun, sexy swoon so often missing from their Facebook newsfeed. Sarcastic by nature, their two writing souls feel like they found the other, their other half. This is their most favorite adventure thus far. So, I love that. Love it. <laughs> so how did you guys get into writing? And then, so I guess, tell us your individual stories. And then how did you guys pair up to write as a team? Okay. Do you want to, do you want me to go or do you want to go? Um, I'll kick it off, I guess. Okay. I'll start. Okay. Um, so I, um, I actually am a meteorologist. That's what I went to the college for. Wow. Um, very useful now, as you might imagine. It's really funny too, because most, uh, like even my family will ask me the weather and I'm like, I don't know. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I write now. Um, but I was at home with a, um, relatively new baby. That's when I first decided to start writing, um, my very first book, which was in 2012. Mm And, um, I really expected, I don't know how, how long this is going to take me, how easily it's going to come, you know, that kind of thing. And I wrote it relatively quickly, Mm -hmm. um, way quicker than, I anticipated it was more fun and came more naturally than I ever thought it would. And, um, of course I did all the wrong things. I mean, you know, <laughs> back then I didn't really, I mean, obviously I had it edited and stuff, but I would, I didn't know what I know now about all the things that go into it. If I look back on it, I mean, it is painful to me to think about that book, to be honest, but <laughs> that's how it goes. And um, so I kept writing, kept writing um, to what I would call mediocre success. I mean, I was doing okay. Um, I think I, I'm trying to remember if I made it into the top 100 or not, but I, I, I did okay mm-hmm. on my own by the time I was at my, I think I wrote 15 books or so, but it was a labor of well, you know, of love and of loneliness, I'll say, mm-hmm. because I I wasn't getting where I wanted to get, though I was doing probably better than, you know, 95% of writers or whatever. It was just, I was plugging along. I had a young child. And um, so I eventually started to feel that burnout that I think a lot of us feel where we're so tired that we love doing what we love, what we're doing, but we don't know if we can keep up (laughs) all the effort for not a lot of reward. Um, And um, Monroe was also, and she'll go into her, but she was in her solo career and we had met, we met initially in an author group and then had met at signings and, and all of that stuff and had become friends. And, um, we really started to lean on each other in that time where we were both in addition to our writing careers, you know, being a struggle, we were going through some personal things, Mm -hmm. um, both of us separate things, but kind of, you know, harder times. And we both just wanted to have a lot of fun. So we actually decided let's, let's try writing a book together. Um, just for fun. I mean, that was, 
as much as thought went into it, you would think, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is now our business, right? I mean, many, many hours a week. And, but I mean, that's all that happened. We said, let's write one together for fun. That was as much as went into it. And, um, let's let go of all the pressure, no pressure from readers because nobody knows who we are. We're just going to be anonymous. Um, and let's just not, there's no notion of what our book should be or could be, or we're just going to write what we want to write sure. and, um, and have fun. And well, I mean, that book ended are. up taking <laughs> off Yeah, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> That's great. That's just, I love that story. Uh, Cause you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm an ex, ex, extrovert, more extroverted than introvert. I still have a few introvert, mm-hmm. introverted characteristics, but that is the hardest thing for me is the alone time, you know, just being alone all the time and doing this alone is it's, tr- it's a struggle. I mean, it really is a struggle. So I, I get that a lot. How about you, Monroe? What's, what's your uh, origin story? Yeah. So <laughs> well, it, it mirrors Max's in a lot of ways. Um, I had a young kid. I was the labor and delivery nurse. Um, so I, I was a nurse for a decade. I was a nurse for 10 years before I started, um, before I left that job fully mm-hmm. to um, write. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote my first book in 2013 relatively quickly. Um I mean, writing had always been something that was, you know, that I really loved to do, whether it would be poetry or journaling, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So it was a natural, it was just something that was always a part of me from, from little on. Um, mm-hmm. I just never really thought that I would actually make it a career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, it, it actually was something when it was a, a more difficult time in my life, though, that was like the best escape ever. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how I ended up writing my first book. And um, I'm very similar with Max in that it was mediocre success. You know, I, I had fan, you know, readers Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say that I was like crushing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I wrote, I guess I published five books before Max and I started to write together. And I mean, it was, I was working as a nurse. I had a young child. So there would be days I would work night shift at the hospital for 12 hours. And then I'd come home and not sleep very much. And then fit writing in um, somewhere in there. So, I mean, a lot of times it felt like I was working two two jobs just Mm -hmm. to even write. But luckily it wasn't an escape. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that's the only reason that I <laughs> yeah. even did it to be honest right. with you. Um, and yeah, I mean, Max and I became very close friends and we're leaning on each other and building a really strong friendship. And you just know, um, especially, you know, after you you're in your thirties mm-hmm. and you've went through a lot of friendships, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it ebbs and flows. And and by that point, you've learned so many life lessons, you know, when it's a friendship that it's like, this is, Mm -hmm. I can be my full self with this person. I can tell them anything. Right. And um, yeah, so that's how it was with us from the start. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably why when we write together, um, 
you know, if we work, we just work well on so many levels. So we did, we just said, let's, let's just write a book together. Let, right. you know, we have fun together. Let's write a book together. Cause we both, um, we both like rom-com. That's kind of our thing. We have a very similar sense of humor and there was just a magic when we started writing and it was, um, now we can't mimic that now because yeah. we have so much fun together, but we've made this a career, right? Yeah. yeah. So there are days where um, we didn't have to be business minded then. We were just writing a book. Right. Um, so, the, you know, it was different in that it was a, um, yeah, it, it wasn't as stressful as it is now. Yeah. Um, not that it's stressful, but, you know, it's a business. Yeah. There's a lot of things that yeah. go into it. It's yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a too. lot of things that go into it. And even the fact that, yeah, it was hard working a full-time job and fitting in writing, but you still had the stability of your full-time job. Once you let go of that and it's just your writing career, that can be terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a lot of pressure to put on your creativity. Yes, it's so yeah. much it's so different than just writing just mm-hmm. for your passion. Mm-hmm. Um but there was there was it was magic when we were writing together and it yeah. um and there's one thing that we do well that I think probably is the biggest difficulty for people that try to write together is you know, we don't go into it with an ego. And it's easy to have an ego because it's your words and um that's a difficult thing for anybody. Um, you don't have to be like a crazy narcissist to feel that way, you know, it's coming from a personal place. And, um, Max and I always maintain that, um, it it just, she could go in and change stuff in my chapter and I could go in and change stuff in her chapter. And we always just knew like, you're making it better. That's, how it always is. And if there would be a rare occurrence, which is very rare, I don't even know how many times it's happened where we've really disagreed. Like I maybe once out of, we're like 35, 36 books in. Um, if we both disagreed on something, then neither one of us are right. Then we come to another solution of the problem. We handle that not only in the writing, but even in the business sense. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I feel blessed. Like it, Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, I feel lucky because it's just not a normal, um, process in, in the fact that we found each other and that we just, we, it's like we share the same brain when it comes to writing books, <laughs> which awesome. is crazy. Yeah. It's just awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's just wonderful and very, very rare. I very think. rare. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Cause it's even difficult if people ask us like, people interested in doing co co-writing. We don't really, we never really feel comfortable. Like we try to give advice that we know for sure. Like, you know, you, you don't go in with an ego. You, yeah. you, you know, um, you can't take it personal if your partner is working to make something better, but there's a lot of things in terms of the dynamic that we're like, I mean, we work so well together that we no book is written the same way. It right. always changes. It de- just depends on the book and what we're feeling. Um, so yeah, so it would seem there would be a lot, a lot of intangibles. Like when you're working with another person, that it would be really hard to break it down and say, "Do these five things." Yeah, and you can write with mm-hmm. you know whoever you want. I mean, I yeah. think that you have there's like a, a blending of personalities 
And then there's the aspect of it that it's like the business, like you were talking about, once you start writing for a business, I remember that point when I wrote my first book and I was like, this is great. This is lots of fun. Then it sold. And then I had to come up with book two. And then suddenly it was like, oh, this is not quite as much fun. This is more like a job than yeah. like uh-huh. just total fun all the time. I remember, I mean, I still think to this day when I am in, you know, the whole, this is just a pile of crap phase of the writing process. Yeah. I just think, oh, I wish I, I wish I just had that feeling I had when I was writing that first book. But yeah. that's so unrealistic because I it was is. ignorant. I was ignorant and there was bliss mm-hmm. in that ignorance. And mm-hmm. so um, you can't mm-hmm. really, you can't really compare to that. Also, you cannot, it's hard to define chemistry, which is mm-hmm. what you guys really have. And mm-hmm. so. Um, I think mm-hmm. that, that that does make it hard for you to say, well, this is why, this is how, you know, why yeah. we are successful because yeah. you can't replicate chemistry a lot of the time. So no, you yeah. can't. Yeah. I mean, we have the kind of situation where we don't know who wrote what, by the I time we that. get to the end of the book, sometimes, no. I mean, literally she'll be like, I laugh so hard at this part. And I'll be like, you wrote it. <laughs> and she's like, no, did I? No, you wrote that. No, it was you. But like, we don't know. Sometimes we just, because we make the same jokes a lot of the time or like, uh, um, I said, uh, we were talking with one of our um, uh, staffers, basically one of our marketing guy the other day. And we were just saying that um, that's one of our biggest problems is making the same joke. When we do revisions, we're so in tune a lot of the time if the subject matter is the same, that we've made the same joke <laughs> in the book <laughs> twice because we both thought of it. And then we, so that's something we have to, okay, well, we can't have it in there twice. It's not funny twice. So uh, <laughs> we have to figure out which spot's the better place for it. But that's, we usually just think very in line with one another. That's what is really yeah. helpful. That's yeah. awesome. That's so awesome. Great. Well, one of our questions is about your definition of success. So do you have the same definition of success when it comes to your writing in your books? I think we do. We're on the same page with that. Um, you know, because we want to, it's our livelihood, right? Um, so there's several things that are successful. Um, obviously, Max, you you can correct me if you disagree. <laughs> um there's several things that I would say are success. I mean, most people go straight to money, right? Like that's mm-hmm. success, but that's not really all that we're focused on, right? I mean, we success for us, we want to be able to, you know, live a healthy life with our family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's building a brand that we feel like is us as a genuine brand. Um, and that when readers pick up our books, they know what to expect, but they also don't know what to expect. You know, they know they're picking Mm -hmm. up a rom-com, but they don't know what we're going to throw at them. And they're excited to pick it up and escape and, you know, hopefully laugh most of the time. I think that's probably, um, you know, that's how I think we define success. Yeah. When we write a book, because especially now that we're so many in, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. funny how you think it would get easier, but it doesn't. It gets harder. <laughs> yeah. Because we take so much intention with making sure we're putting out a different product every time. We don't want a reader to say, I think this would be a failure to us if people started to say, this seems exactly like, you know, whatever other book or, 
Mm-hmm. I, I get the same notion from this. We want every time to feel like a unique story. And I mean, that's mm-hmm. part of our process so that helps us with that because we don't write to a formula. It's all character driven. Mm-hmm. Um, but we take like a lot of care with it. Um, we're both very um, invested in the product. For us, as soon as it goes out, if our core readers are are happy, like I'm still loving Max Monroe, I will still want to read Max Monroe at book 35, 36, 37, not like, you know, I'm pretty tired of them kind of thing. Right. That feels like success. Yeah. If we can keep satisfying that same group of people, mm-hmm. right. you know, because there's always going to be an outlier who says, this book is terrible. I don't, I don't know this style. I don't like, you know, they're not for us and we're not for them. So we don't mesh. But if we have that core um, reader group who we can keep satisfying that many books down the line, I feel like that for us is, is a success. Yeah. I love that. I love that too. And actually I'm just realizing I'm saying great. Uh, So please don't turn this into a drinking game to our listeners because if so you're going to be drunk by the end of this because I keep saying oh that's great great (laughs) well how many series do you guys have or do you just have a series of standalones Um, all of our series are they're either complete standalones within a series or they're mm -hmm. interconnected Mm -hmm. Um, we try I mean we prefer to write a series that you could pick up book three and Yeah. You know, we prefer to do that. Um, but I'd say one our first series is an interconnect. I mean, you you need you should read along mm-hmm. from start to finish. Mm-hmm. But how many do we have? I would say eight. Is that- that's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Something like that. Yeah, and, and something like Yeah. Okay. Well, are that's they good. do they are they um like contained like or like this one has six books, this one has seven and they're completed, or are they kind of ongoing? Our first series, it, it, the Billionaire Bad Boy series, there's um, the three guys in that. I mean, their series is completed, mm-hmm. but they keep coming in in other ways. Like the Wes, he owns a, a football team. So one of the series is the team, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that one we consider, it's the Maverick series, we consider it complete, but not quite. I mean, we could always add more. Right. Um, there's one character people really love yeah. and we do plan to do something for later on. So it is, you know, complete, so, but there's, yeah, there's, yeah. But you have a world, you, know, you yeah. have a world yeah, yeah. and the characters, a, a series may be complete, but they may show up somewhere else. So, yeah, I yeah. think readers yeah. love that. Those I think that's are, great. Yeah. So what do you wish you guys had known about writing and craft when you started? everything I wish I had known I mean you know like you really go in very naive about a lot of things I think um but I also don't think I could change it I mean I could have tried to be like really in the know the first book but that's I mean when I put that first book out it wasn't it was a it wasn't like oh I think I'm gonna be a success you know Uh, it was a I just needed to get this out and I feel like I've accomplished something and you know if five people buy it hey you know um but there were a lot of um things that I didn't I didn't understand about the inner workings of writing as a business Mm -hmm. at that Mm -hmm. stage in my life 
I was still convinced that, you know, most of the time was writing the books back then, but that is so not true (laughs) (laughs) to the 20th degree. Um, We spend what, I don't know. I mean, we spend a lot of time writing books, but it's still only, you know, 20% of our time, I guess. But I mean, I wouldn't really change the journey, I guess. Even yeah. even if I wish I'd known a lot of things, which I definitely knew nothing, mm-hmm. um, that's for sure. Um, I I wouldn't change it because I I like where we've gotten, <laughs> and we've we've slogged to get here. Yeah. Like I I don't begrudge anyone for instantaneous success in any manner. I think that's fantastic, but we didn't have that. That is for sure. I mean, we are many 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 books deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and we've worked for every ounce of it so it everything we achieve feels really significant right yeah that's great how about you um Monroe, what, what do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you started um I, you know I think it it would be great to know all the things right when you start but it's kind of like life um and similar to what Max is saying, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, And sometimes you really have to experience some tough lessons to grow from that. And also when it comes to, um, and, you know, we're always trying to evolve our craft. I mean, that, I think you can never perfect your craft. That is always, that is a lifelong thing. Um, you should always be challenging yourself in trying to evolve as a writer in terms of the being a writer. And I think this goes with any creative type. If you're a painter, if you are a musician, you are putting something that comes from inside of you out into the world. And not only are you doing that, you are doing that knowing that it will be critiqued. Now, some people will give you high praise. Some people will not. That is a reality. Not Mm -hmm. everybody is going like you're not pizza. You're not talking. <laughs> not everybody is going to love you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to grow as a writer, it's very important that you need to, as you're evolving your craft, if you're evolving it in a way where you know this is, I this is genuinely my best work up into this state. You know, we're book 36. This is my best work up into book 36. I didn't. I did it. I put everything I could into it. Mm-hmm. Um, now book 37 is different, right? I think if you go with that route, if you, if you focus on that, when you read, cause you're going to see negative reviews, mm-hmm. it makes you stronger in that you have thicker skin, right? And that is hard. That is so hard. And I, I sympathize I, I, more than I empathize so much with, with new writers Um, when you put yourself out there and if somebody, you know, tears you down, that's a horrible thing. You have, you sit with that for so long. It's Mm -hmm. it. And a lot of times that bad review, even if there's 20 good ones, you remember the bad one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the one you don't forget. And I think you have to be careful in that. It's okay to remember that and, you know, try to grow from it. But sometimes it can affect how you handle things because just because somebody didn't like that, what you wrote, doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. You should actually self-reflect and see, is there a value in this or is there not? Do I, if I think about this, 
do I think I should have changed that? And if the answer is no, then you shouldn't have because it's your work, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think unfortunately you have to there, you have to go through those struggles, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the whole, I wouldn't say it's a cliche, but the, the struggling artist, mm -hmm. the best work come from the people that have gone through struggle most of the time. Right. Um, so you definitely, you have to go through those hard lessons. I think it makes you stronger um, because if it's just given to you from the start, you don't even really know what you have then. Um, and at this point, like Max said, I mean, we slog through, we've, we've, we've had incredible highs. We've also had devastating lows mm -hmm. and going through those lows. When you hit those highs, it is just like so much sweeter, you know, you appreciate things much more yes. after the rough mm -hmm. times. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about reviews, like my first two books, I did get someone's, you know, I had one stars like everybody else, but they were honestly things I didn't worry about. Like one was this, this girl, this writer has clearly never been to Texas. Uh, I was only born and raised here. That's all. So, you know, those kind of reviews, just, yeah. I laugh at and it doesn't, yeah. but the third book, like that book, I, I was 50,000 words in and started, scrapped it and started over. So that book was really hard to write. Mm -hmm. it, it was a book that like, looking back, I love it. But at the time I kind of just hated it because it mm -hmm. wasn't so hard. And so then when I, when I did get negative reviews on that book, because it, it was a little bit of a tender spot for me, mm -hmm. those hurt worse than anything before or even after, because yeah. that one mm -hmm. book was so hard for me to write. And may, maybe at the time I did not have a lot of confidence in it because mm -hmm. it had taken so long and it was so hard, but yeah, you just have to kind of let it go and say, yeah. You know, I've done the best I could with mm -hmm. at this moment and I can do better. If I need to do better, I can do better later. And yes. And mm -hmm. I and I think it's important in those moments, like you you're allowed to sit with that, yes. you know, and feel bad about it, right? Like it's okay. You, you it it created an emotional response. You have the right to sit with it. And if it's making you feel sad, you know, yeah. for that short period of time, that's okay. Like you you should be able to feel it. But then once um, you get through that emotion, right? You give it a few days, then you self-reflect on it and see, is this, is this give any value or is this just somebody who just doesn't understand, they don't understand what I was trying to do. Right. right, right. Not my reader. Yeah. yeah. Not my reader. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah I think it's in learning. Yeah. Learning to assess like what's yeah. worthy of change and incorporating. That's something that's a very difficult thing to to come to and once you get that point but those bad reviews they still hurt even if still hurt. even if you've got lots of books out and tons of confidence those still are no fun and yeah. you're right the the negative ones do linger much much longer than the positive ones the positive ones like oh yeah that's great that's yeah. so good they enjoyed it and then like the the negative ones are like you know a knife to your gut but <laughs> yes. but you just have yeah. to if you're going to keep writing you've got to either decide is this something worth Mm -hmm. incorporating changing or whatever or shake it off and move on which is yeah. really mm -hmm. hard for me yeah but it's, it's that's tough yeah. yeah what about marketing what do y'all wish you had known about marketing <laughs> no this is a big topic but <laughs> yeah what don't we wish we had known about marketing <laughs> right? I mean, uh, honestly i mean we 
to this day, I wish we knew more about marketing um, (laughs) because (laughs) the truth is in this profession, I mean, it really is the truth, um, is that trains are rolling constantly. You better just Mm -hmm. jump on the side and hang on because what worked for you a month ago isn't going to work for you next (laughs) month. And what worked for you, you know, this month isn't going to work for you three months from now, because that's the truth. The market is constantly changing. Um, What people want is constantly changing. Um, So you have to hold a line of what am I, right? Like for us, we are steady, feel good romances. We're all, we like to have fun. We like to write fun. So we hold on to that. Every once in a while, we get like a little dark twist in our heart or something that we have to quench. Um, <laughs> so we have like, a what, I don't know, four or five books that are yeah. a little off brand for us. If you, if, you know, if you want to think of it that way. Um, and we, we took those deviations because our minds needed to, to go there and get it out. Um, but I mean, that's the challenge with marketing is it's, it's a full-time job in and of itself because it's constantly changing. I mean, I can tell you for a fact that we have books that are similar or um, maybe not in storyline, but in feel, in vibe, in whatever from, you know, 2019 that are, you wouldn't be able to do the same thing with them in 2021 by even a long shot and actually expect them to do the same, to have the same success. Mm -hmm. Like take our book from 2019 that was super successful, put it in 2021 and it might've been mediocre because that's just the way it rolls. Um, So we, (laughs) we wish we knew everything now. We still wish we knew, but I think probably the one thing that I really wish we had started earlier thinking, this is super important. We always knew, but we never really gave it the credences, just your newsletter. I mean, that's your, your direct point of contact to people, Mm -hmm. no matter what's going on. Um, And that's speaking from people who really take their newsletter seriously. I mean, we have a seriously curated newsletter of we do a weekly. We're all about entertaining readers in there. It's not just book news and book promos. And we write original content for our newsletters every week. Um, And it's a lot of work, but it's also a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And it's, it keeps, keeps people engaged, but we didn't, um, we didn't work on building the size of our newsletter early as early as we should have yep. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, so we talk about this all the time on this podcast, but the, in, the success that I had in the, with that first book came because I had created a newsletter before the book came out like mm-hmm. 100% because I had 1200 people that wanted that book because mm-hmm. they had read a preview of it. And so it's just so important. And people, it took me a while, like a year to kind of figure out why, why did that book do well? Well, it was because it had an audience before it even came out. And so um, it is really super, super important. You have anything to um, add Monroe about? No, I mean, I, 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 Max and I are on the same page, obviously with this one, you know, the newsletter is probably, I, if we could have done anything before earlier, really focused on it earlier, it would be that. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and you know, it, 
it's changing. It's always evolving. You you have to literally be ready to just switch up something at the drop of a hat. You really do. Um, you have to be willing to go with the way the market is shifting, to go with the way social media is shifting. And you need to, in terms of advertising, you know, you have Facebook, you have Amazon, you have all sorts of advertising outlets. They are also changing. And if you, if you go in with a mindset of like, oh my gosh, like all we do is advertise Facebook and now Apple's Apple's changed this, uh, you know, the update and now the audiences are different. If you go in with that versus, okay, Facebook's changed. All right. Well, what do we, let's keep an eye on it. What do we think? Let's start thinking outside the box and what we can do differently to maybe offset any future um, effects it might have on us. So I think if you, it's, is a hard mindset and some days you're, you know, you, it gets, it gets hard. Right. But for the most part, you really have to be willing to, um, if you want to get your books out in front of people, you want to have success in building your brand. You've got to go with the times you're going to have to, or else you will, you will fall off. That's how it goes in the market is moving so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you have to do. And I think the other thing, especially, you know, for new writers starting out, it's fantastic how much social media we have that all different places, you know, TikTok is rising. There's all, all kinds of places to go, but that can get overwhelming and you can feel like you have to be growing. I, I got to grow here and here and here and here. That's not what you should do. You should focus on one or two things and you figure out, you really think on it and you could test it, you know, and see where, where should I be trying to get an audience engaged on social media? And this is outside of the newsletter, obviously, but, you know, maybe you're really great with Facebook. Like maybe you're really great with Facebook lives. Like, you know, that's something that I, I, I think I can build an audience doing this, or maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you are fantastic at Instagram. Um, or TikTok, you know, maybe that's your thing. You find those niches where you know you excel. Those are your strong points on what platforms because they're all different. They all have a different flavor. And that's, you focus on that. I mean, you can have accounts, you know, you can have a Twitter and you can have accounts everywhere, but you you find one or two that you're really going to try to grow your audience on because yep. you can't do them all. No. You you won't write books. You will just be trying to grow a social media audience and that's it. <laughs> so we've talked about, and I, I kind of think I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask this question anyway, because um, I think it's good for, you know, the whole premise of the podcast is what you wish you'd known. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. have you ever made a mistake that turned out to be a good thing? So I know that you guys look at things like that and go, well, they were, I'm, those things brought us to where we're at and we're happy with that. But yeah. is there something you can think of that you thought this is, you know, we might've just screwed the pooch on this one and then it turned about out to be okay. So, yeah. Um, do you want me to go? I have something. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking, I mean, I know there's stuff. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, you know, we started out writing rom-com. And now there are some authors that can shift genres and just do whatever they want. Yeah. Those are a very um, rare breed. So we start out with rom-com and then, you know, like Max said, sometimes you get that feeling, you know, you want to write something a little darker, a little more emotional. 
Um, we wrote a three book trilogy. The first two ended in cliffhangers called the stone cold Fox series. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic series and it's a thriller and um, it's a romance. Obviously that's our, that's our jam, but mm-hmm. um, sure. There's humor infused in it. I think whenever you have the two of us writing, you're going to have humor, but it was far more serious tone than what we had written previously. Did they flop? I wouldn't say that they, they did. Okay. And there's readers still that when they read those, they're like, whoa, you know, this is, this is so different, but I really enjoyed it. But while I have no regrets writing that, mm-hmm. it actually, in that moment, in terms of building our brand, wasn't necessarily the right thing to do. We should have stuck with our rom-com. Yes. But by doing that, that made us very sure that if you want to build a brand, mm-hmm and keep, you know, building on readers, they expect, they want rom-com from you. That is what you have established. So that is your bread and butter. That's what you build your brand off of. Now, that doesn't mean you can't throw a passion project in there every once in a while, which we still do, but you should never expect the passion project to, that's not going to be your, you know, that's not going to be your revenue generator. That is just a passion project. You're probably not going to advertise it as hard. You're, you know, you might just write it and just throw it out there and readers that want to read it, read it. And and that's it. Um, But I think because technically it was a mistake, but it wasn't, do you know what I mean? I mean, I think that a lot of people need to learn that lesson, (laughs) Uh, you know, that, that you just, you can write what you want, but you have to know that if you've built any kind of audience with a certain genre, they that's what they expect. And if you don't give that to them, not everybody's going to come over and read your mm-hmm. new thing. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. Yeah. It sounds like that gave you clarity, yeah. like yeah. That, that helps you focus yeah. more on your rom-coms. Yes, for sure. For sure. I, I mean, we'll still write outside of the box. That is inevitable for us. We're in a very rom-com moment now. Um, it's not even a chore, right? But there are times it can. I mean, 2020 was a very hard year to write rom-com. Yes, it um, was. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm sure down the line, but we just know what to expect in that. Like, that's not going to be a revenue generator. That is just, we just need to get this out. This right. is our is a passion project. Yeah, very good. Yeah. yeah. Max, do you have anything or... Um, to add or? Um, well, it's in a, a similar vein, but it's it's all these lessons learned. We actually, um, when I think back, we did a book um, that is a rom-com, and, but it's a little outside the box-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a complete standalone, and it has several several things to it, to be honest. is um, <laughs> Number one, we put a smoker on the cover. And we didn't really think this would be a big deal because everybody's got smokers on their covers. I mean, it's just, you know, oh, he's a baddie, you know, whatever. Yeah. But man, did people hate it on our cover. (laughs) (laughs) Man, did we get some backlash for it. Um, Because people expect our heroes to be somewhat upstanding individuals. Not that, you know, smoky, but it was just the wrong vibe for what we put out there and um and and we heard about it that's for sure and it was a lesson of 
okay, well, we probably shouldn't put a smoker on the cover anymore. (laughs) Um, We changed that cover. And so that's the other part of that lesson was learning to pivot because Mm -hmm. it had several things It had that cover. Um, And sometimes you can get really in your head where we thought the title was super cute, which the title has stayed, but Mm -hmm. we thought the blurb was super cute, right? Like to us, it was just so perfect, so engaging, so everything. Um, But it really kind of missed the mark with everybody else. And you had to learn to pivot. We may think this thing is the jam. You know, we are into it. We think it's so clever, so smart. And everybody else is like, what are you doing? (laughs) So um, it was a lesson in saying, okay, well, you know, you're not stuck with the original product as far as, I mean, the book is, if you believe in the book, you believe in the book, but the marketing is a completely different animal. You could take a book that is not successful because of marketing, but I think that's what people don't understand is that it could be a fantastic book. It could be the best book, but if you don't market it right, that thing's going to, you know, flip flop like a a fish on the shoreline. It is not going to do what you want it to do. And you have to be willing to say, I was convinced this is right, but it's wrong, obviously. So we have to change it and you'll be glad that you changed it. Um, but it's just like writing. It's personal. You've put yeah. all this work into it, all this thought into it, all, you know, I mean, there's a lot of hours, man hours that go into thinking of how are we going to market this? How are we going to, but um, or this is perfect for the theme of the book. This really is on target, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's not what's selling. So mm-hmm. you, you've got to take a different angle and, and, mm-hmm. and be willing to do that. So I think what you said was key was that there's nothing wrong with putting a picture of a smoker on the cover, but obviously it wasn't what your readers wanted mm-hmm. or expected. So yeah. for that book and for those readers, that wasn't what they wanted. And so, right. yeah, a lot of times we have to try things and figure out, oh, okay, that didn't work with yeah. my, my audience. So let me try this other thing. So, yeah. so smart mm-hmm. to keep working till you find the right thing. Right. It is. And it's a strong lesson too. And you have, you can have authors that you look up to, right. That you are like, they're killing it. Or I just love mm-hmm. their style. It could be all kinds of reasons yeah. you admire somebody but you're not them. So you, it doesn't mean you're not as good as them. doesn't mean that you can't be just as successful or if not more successful as them, but it means that you can't mimic them and be genuine and authentic because that comes across. Mm -hmm. So we could have been like, well, but so-and-so has a smoker on their cover and that book did great. Or we could be like, well, that works for them, but that doesn't work for us. You know, and sometimes you, there isn't an exact, you can't pinpoint the exact reason, but you're like, that is not apparently part of our brand, right? We didn't think it was a big deal, but our readers do. And we, we respect, you know, their reaction to it. So um, I think that is, was also part of the lesson too. Yeah. Well, what is the biggest mindset change you had to make during your career? Well, I think we've been fairly fortunate that we've had a pretty open mindset from the beginning, but I would say we've had to adapt as things have have gone on that it's not going to go how you expected sometimes. Mm-hmm. And one of those main lessons, I think, for us has been 
not counting so much on one particular book. Keep yeah. writing books, keep putting them out there, get, uh, a, I mean, obviously put good books out there that you're proud of, but get a quantity out there that can support you instead of expecting one book to be, you know, a rocket launcher, because we've had so many instances of a book being a favorite of ours, convinced this book is, this is it. This is so you, how could you not like this book? You know, I mean, just, and not that the books weren't well-received, but they were not sellers. That's just flat out. It was, we thought it was going to be this and it was, you know, this kind of thing. And (laughs) it was not, it was not what we wanted or expected. And that leads to disappointment versus if you shift your mindset to say, it's not any one book, we're going to keep our plan. We have a year worth of schedule outlined Mm -hmm. and we don't know which book is going to hit the spot. Could be any of them. Could be none of them. Could be two of them. Could be four of them. We don't know. We're just going to keep going. And if we, we do this schedule, we'll hit the, you know, um, monetary, whatever marker we're trying to hit. Mm -hmm. So, but we don't know which book is going to do well. We don't know which, and we're going to be okay with it. We're just going to say, this is our plan. Yep. Keep moving. Well, and we definitely didn't used to do that. There would be a lot of uh, dwelling in the yeah. could have done better or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, lying at wait, lying awake at night, pondering why, why. Yeah. Uh, well, that brings me to um, kind of a specific question for you guys because you were talking about your plan. So, um, tell us about co-writing. Like, what's your process? How do you divide your task? Uh, what do you wish you'd known about co-writing? Well, this kind of goes into why it's always difficult for us to <laughs> give people <laughs> advice. <laughs> oh, good. Well, thank you for coming. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> um, okay. So I think for us, when it comes to the writing process, it very much, we are in the moment writers. Luckily, we are always in the same moment. Um <laughs> So sometimes if we're purely talking about writing books, sometimes we will do something where Max will write a chapter. I will write a chapter. Sometimes we will do where Max will write one point of view and I'm writing the other point of view. And it's then you're pretty well plotting it out. Isn't that's kind of what we did more in the beginning, but we realized we don't even need to do that. Um, We write better books when we really let it be character driven, where you have a few you you know how you're starting, you know where you're getting there, you know some basic plot points, but we if we start really outlining it all, it really um, feels like we've locked ourselves in a box and we're the type of writers that the inspiration kind of comes on the fly. Sometimes it just, you're, you think the chapter is going to go this way and it's like, here we go, it's not. Because <laughs> <laughs> of that, that allows us to send a lot of times we'll, you know, I'll write 3000, send her the book. She'll write 3000 the next day. Um, there's been times, you know, she started the book, the first 15 chapters, and then I take over 
um, on the last 15. Um, usually <laughs> I like that I say 15 because it always ends up being <laughs> yeah, <that's> 50 <laughs> chapters. Like 47. So, and <laughs> it's a mental game we play. Like it's about 30, it'll be about 30 chapters. It's always over. <laughs> it's yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we and it, it's very book by book for us. It just depends. We we definitely brainstorm the plot together, the characters together, what we're wanting to create with it. Um, and we both are on the same page in terms of a starting point and where we're kind of seeing this lead to, right? Is it a slow burn romance? Is it a, you know, instant, instant chemistry kind of thing? You know, we're always on the same page with that. <clears throat> But when it comes to the writing, it we do not write. We've tried. I mean, it'd be great if we could just write with an like eight to noon. <laughs> I am <laughs> going to write, you know, and then I'm going to send you this and you take over at one. <laughs> we can't do that. It doesn't work. But we're getting better with letting that go. Right. Um, because is your writing. There's one thing you should never do to yourself is carry a guilt of, I was supposed to write 3000 words today and I got 500. So a lot of times you're like, well, tomorrow, tomorrow is 5,000, you know? Well, by the end of the week, it's going to be 20,000 words. (laughs) It's like you're digging your hole deeper and deeper each day. Uh Yes. Yes. (laughs) Jamie's banging her head on the table because she (laughs) understands (laughs) Yeah, you won't hit it. You won't hit it. So we both, I mean, this has taken some growth, right? Like this is taking time and I'm not saying we're perfect in it, but we're getting better where we both are like, "Ah, it's not, it's not going, it's not working today. Like, I'm just not, maybe you've got a lot of life stuff going on, right? And you're distracted or maybe your brain is still working out. Like you have an idea of how the book is going to go at that part, but maybe your brain is still you know, really working it out. It needs a day or two. Sometimes you have to take the day or two. And even if it makes you feel like deadlines getting closer, a lot of times, if you take that day or two and you do what you need to do, which could be a million different things. It could be, you know, sitting on your couch, mindlessly watching Grey's Anatomy (laughs) episode after episode. It could be, you know, a, a whole, it's whatever is your thing. A lot of times when you come back to it, that inspiration will strike in that writing. You, you hit the deadline, you get through it. And I, you know, that takes time to get there, I think. Um, and I kind of veered related to co-writing, but yeah. that's something that's kind of how we work is it's, it's a very spontaneous, you know, we have a very loose plan, but it's very spontaneous when it comes to writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in this fairy tale world of your co-writing, because you now I'm like, <laughs> it's a place I want to go and visit. Um, do you guys have like challenges or I mean, what are the biggest challenges you've had to kind of overcome? Um, Not really. I, well, I mean, we do, pretty, <laughs> no, we do pretty, okay, so we do pretty well together. We mostly agree. So that's, that's a big helper, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, what she was talking about, what Monroe was talking about, we had to, we had to learn to get there. It wasn't all just overnight, like we're perfect, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I yeah. think 
Yeah. In the beginning, there was a lot of um, self-consciousness, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will, about giving those words to someone else. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's an ego factor, but there's also a, <laughs> she's going to think this is good enough. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to let the team down kind of right. thing, you know, so um, but I mean, luckily <laughs> we're so far past where we're at that stage anymore. I mean, we're comfortable in saying like, I might've sent you some garbage, but, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'll know what to do. And, you know, usually the person doesn't, wasn't off, but it's just a feeling, but we're secure enough now where I'm not thinking she's going to judge this when I send it to her. I'm thinking, thank God she's getting it because <laughs> she's going to work out what I was completely missing the mark on. This is what I was um, trying to say. Can you say it for me? Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it is, I mean, it is sometimes an advantage to have the two brains going and, um, but that's not, that doesn't mean we're without, I mean, we are the worst to our future selves is who we really <laughs> yes, like to be mean yes, to yes, is yes. plot notes that we think are just spectacular in the moment. And then you get to it and it's like, they have the wildest night ever with the hottest sex they've ever had. And we're like, well, that's specific. I'm really <laughs> glad we were helpful. That was Thanks past me. Us. Thank you. That's great. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's, that's because of how we're built. We do that to ourselves because in the beginning, if we get too detailed, we get in that place. We're like, well, we wrote it already. <laughs> we, the plot notes itself felt like we wrote the chapter. I'm like, well, I'm all used up. I don't know what else to say. Exactly. So, um, Sometimes we leave ourselves notes that are like, wow, she actually with one of our last books that she was like, (laughs) she was in the end and she had gotten to this where it was like this big climactic moment. (laughs) It was supposed to be a huge thing. And the note we left was just like wild, but huge emotion. And she came to me and she was like, what? on earth are we supposed I mean they've been pretty wild the whole time what are we thinking here how are we gonna talk that huh <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh that's, oh, that's funny I mean, well, we're not. <laughs> this is a t- good time to ask a question I know a lot of people will be curious about does writing together does it go faster because I think some people think if I had a writing partner I could put out more books more quickly so mm-hmm. is that true for y'all or not I mean it probably is right I think the thing that takes longest because you have two people that are because it's not like just one of us revises the book, both of us thoroughly go through the book. So that the revision process probably takes longer. Even the mm. edits take longer because we're both doing it. Because you're both involved. Yeah. Yeah, we're both involved. But in terms of I think what makes it go faster is that you have two people, two brains working on something in terms of inspiration. So Mm. it's not like, I mean, yeah, we've published a lot of books, but it's not like we're just like this plethora, this well of inspiration. And I sit down at my laptop and I'm just writing away. You know, we have, we have some books are hard and you, they, it's, 
surprising the ones that are the ones that give you trouble, right? Even if you love the book, you know, it's a good book. Um, kind of like what you were saying, Jamie, you know, you had to scrap one and then go back, scrap the first 50,000 and go back. Some books just give you a hard time and it has nothing to do with it. If it's a good book, it's just sometimes that's how they go. So I think with two people that really, it helps you get through that faster because a lot of times you're generally both not in that same moment um, or one isn't as much in that moment. Um, So that is helpful Um, because I don't necessarily, there's some people that are just as prolific as we are in terms of how many books they're publishing and they're, you know, they're doing it on their own. I think it would help like with the humor because I'm funnier when I'm with other people. Yeah. And so, and I've said this on here before, like the first, I wish I hadn't used all my good jokes in the first two books because, you know, every, every book I'm like, I got to come up with something funny and I think yeah. I've used all the good stuff. So yeah. <laughs> but it would be, if you had someone to bounce things off of and you know how you do with a friend, things just yeah. become funny. And uh, so I think that would be not easier, but um, better, you know, just a better process. Yeah. And it, and you lean on each other during those really hard times because we we hit those times mm-hmm. with a book where you are truly deadline crunching and you have a, a mountain to overcome in terms of meeting an editing deadline. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to do that when you are you have your friend, your best friend is in it with you, right? You're, you can keep motivating each other and feeding off of that. When you are doing that on your own, unless you have a very core support of authors that understand, I can see that that's a challenge. Um, It's definitely a challenge. So I want to ask you, when I first asked you guys, if you wanted to be on the uh, podcast, you said yes. And we tried to do it because you were going on a writing retreat yeah. together to kind of plan your year, but that didn't work out. But so, but I'm very curious about this. So how do you, do you do like this once a year or do you do it just when you feel like it's necessary and do you plan out for the whole year? Uh, there's two stories to this. One <laughs> is the dream and one is the reality. <laughs> so when we plan it, we say once a month because it's the truth for us, 110% is um, our partnership is based in our friendship. We did not start this as a business originally, which is sometimes helpful and is sometimes tricky, right? Because it's it's basically like we dove into a marriage, but like on that show, Married at First Sight kind of thing where, <laughs> yes. you know, I mean, we're, we get along, right? We're friends, but like business sometimes comes with some hard stuff, right? Hard decisions, hard, you know, and it's, it's just a different arena. So for us, we found over the years that if we get together regularly, where we can really tap into that friendship model of what really started it all for us, because that's, I mean, it's so much easier in person, right? I mean, we talk on the phone every day and we gab and this and that, but it's mostly business centered, um, apart from a few tangents, But um, when we get together, it really brings all those, you know, emotions Mm -hmm. down to the the surface again and settles everything out. And we're, you know, even even keel again kind of thing where we're not feeling stressed and and all that. So when we originally come up with the plan, it's yes, we're going to get together every month. (laughs) And we really do 
try for that. But I mean, sometimes it just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. So when it doesn't happen, I mean, like these past two months have been pretty much insanity. So Mm -hmm. it just, it just didn't happen. Well, three months, I guess now we're in July. (laughs) Um, It just didn't happen. But um, like we have plans to get together in August. um, And so we just keep trying basically, but yeah, the dream and the reality are a little bit separated by real life (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. a little bit, but I'm, it definitely makes a difference for us if we can get together more often right. just for emotional well-being right. is all. I mean, because we when we're together, it really goes back to that. Um, it, we're like a set of high school girls, you know, with yeah. doing a sleepover kind of it's just a different vibe than every day to do lists, get it done. We have this deadline, this deadline, we have all these marketing tasks to do, you know, so. It's just a different vibe. Not that we don't work when we're together because we do like dogs pretty much. But (laughs) And then do you you plan out your books in advance or do you just kind of say we'll get as many done as we get done or? We have to set um, editing dates for ourselves. So we do plan out. We, I mean, we're usually what um, the most would be a year in advance. Usually it's six months at a time is what really is kind of good for us. Mm -hmm. So, but we have to, we have to set editing dates because that will keep us on task. Otherwise, if we don't have those concrete dates there, we will, we will squander time. That's what will happen. Great answers. I think um, our Mm -hmm. listeners would be interested in that. So thank you. Yeah. What do you think has been the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success? Um, set ourselves up for success. I, I, you know, I think for, for me and Max, while when we started, we were anonymous, um, because we, the reason we made that decision was because we had readers under our original pen names, right. Um, when we were writing on our own and we, we didn't want people to come in with an expectation, um, because we were combining, right? And also, we didn't know what we were going to create. It was a learning process. Mm-hmm. So that's why we went with an anonymous route. And we stayed anonymous for a year or two years, I guess. We stayed anonymous. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when we, um, you know, revealed ourselves, um, we always stayed just true to ourselves, you know, yeah. like, I think it's very easy in this world with social media and people showcasing what's going on with their lives or, you know, we're surrounded by this all the time. And it's easy to say you, there's somebody who you follow on Instagram and you're like, man, they're so cool. Like this, their whole scheme is cool. Everything they post is cool. That doesn't mean that's what you should be doing. Um, you have to find, you need to, cause you're cool too, but in your own way, we all are, we all, um, I truly do believe that like we all are quirky and cool in our own ways. You just have to be willing to figure that out. And, and if you're genuine in that, I think that's the most, I think that's probably the most important thing you can do with your brand. Um, if you, if you can stand behind your brand and like, this is genuinely who I am. Um, and that doesn't mean you need to like 
air out your dirty laundry <laughs> to, to people. But I think, um, you know, Max and I are, we're, we try to be positive minded. We're people that thrive by trying to maintain a positive mindset. So that's what we bring across to our readers, which works out well. It would be very horrible if we were very deep, dark (laughs) people writing (laughs) rom-coms. That would be very confusing. But, you know, our personality matches our our brand of humor and our rom-com. So we stay true in that. And, you know, that's why you'll... We we have no issues making fun at ourselves. We get a kick out of that, right? Um, so that's probably the best thing that we've done. I mean, I think we have, you know, we've done some things really great. But if you didn't have the foundation of that, I don't think anything else would have been possible. And you've just really stayed true to who you are. Yeah. As authors mm-hmm. and as and, people, really. And as friends, really. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And keeping in mind that... I mean, what people want from us, I mean, they want us to be genuine and we want to be genuine, mm-hmm. but people come to us for entertainment. That's what we are. That's what, I mean, our, that's what our profession is. I mean, we write books for people's entertainment, but people don't come to our newsfeed to see us, you know, mm-hmm. like having a breakdown or whatever. <laughs> they come for entertainment. They don't want to, <laughs> they don't want, they don't, that's not what they want from us. And yeah. so we, we just keep that as a, a mental, you know, if you need to have your moment, you have it, we have it with each other, which is, you know, yes. a blessing, but, yes. and for, for everybody else, it's, it's all, you know, sunshine and we're here to make you laugh. That's yeah. really it. Yeah. That's great. I think that's super important. I, I just think that, you know, staying true to your brand and who you are is just, that's great. That's a great answer. You got Okay. So tell me, do you guys, ha- did you start out with a contract, like for the co-writing and stuff? We did. Okay. That's Actually, yeah. before we published our first book, we did. We didn't know what was going to happen, right? But we knew that because we're friends, mm-hmm. this is a, we, we could be handling this as a business too. Mm-hmm. So we do have a contract. That establishes exactly what we both want. Mm-hmm. And then, if it does, it include in there like if if something happens to you, God forbid, then mm-hmm. everything reverts to Max and vice versa. Yes, uh, yeah. We very morbidly call it the death contract. Death. Um, <laughs> that would be yeah, a great title us, for a thriller. The death contract. Yeah, <laughs> and for us, it's, it was important, and it is it's important for us that if. God forbid something happened to one of us that our families mm-hmm. would be, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, it's all laid out what happens. There's no questions. And that actually reduces stress. It it's does. a little stressful to think about it now, but it's better mm-hmm. in the long run. So yeah, yeah that's very smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell everybody where they can find Max Monroe and your books. <laughs> um, well, Amazon, right? We Most of our books are Kindle Unlimited. And then our website is authormaxmonroe.com. Um, so you can find our books there. We have a suggested reading order on there. Um, and we also have, you know, we sell audiobooks and paperbacks as well. But Amazon would be the go-to retailer for our books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a funny story because we have one book that's not in KU, but that's just because... <laughs> We just keep forgetting to move it. So, but hey, if you're on another platform, 
there's one book out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's one title. Hilarious. Okay. Well, thanks you guys for being here. It was great to talk to you and to give us a little insight into how you do your co-writing. And I think it's going to be just really helpful for people who are interested in doing that. Mm -hmm. So we'll have all of the links to all the places you mentioned, and um, they'll be at wishiknownthempodcast.com. So thanks for listening today. And thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.